Excellent. Coast to coast, baby. Coast to coast, baby. All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens, uh, <laughs> people of all the multiverses, welcome back to Coast to Coast. Uh, it's Widow 2K, back again with my buddy, Beyond 716, and we are fresh off of a dominant, absolutely dominant performance against the fan favorites, Miami Dolphins. Thank you, national media, for propping them up and uh, making it seem like they were unbeatable. Uh, the Bills do what the Bills do. They slayed the dragon, and uh, Miami went down. Um, it was a combination of just Buffalo playing out of their mind. Josh Allen owns the Miami Dolphins. Uh, his his career numbers are just ridiculous. Um and the defense, like it, it was just every level of every level of the game, every every single level of of the offense, defense, every single level of the team just played out of their mind. Uh, beyond, talk to me, man. You watch this game just like I did. Talk to me. I mean, it's just a, it's just one of those games where we just go wow, right? And just to give you a little context on the other side, one of my best friends is a diehard Dolphin fan, right? Got the phone call, you know, after he was done stewing about the game right and the first right. thing he said he said listen i'm just going to tell you straight up that looked like a super bowl team to me like in, in every way offense defense special teams josh allen's efficiency was off the charts i mean you mentioned the stats he's thrown for two or more touchdowns at all 12 games and he's won afc played a week five times against the dolphins he's only played him 12 times <laughs> just think about those performances that josh is putting up right now are just are just so incredible, and it was just it was like a well oiled machine. Well, it it was shocking. I'm not surprised we won. I mean, we talked about it last week. Just the margin of victory and and just how dominant we were across the board was just incredible. The the man has 38 touchdowns. Oh, I'm sorry, 39 total touchdowns, seven interceptions against the Miami Dolphins in his career. It's ridiculous. Um. Sean McDermott's defense. Uh, the the question was, what are what are you guys going to do with the speed of this Miami defense, this Miami offense? What are you going to do? They're they're so efficient. They're they're running around. They're, they're flying all over the place. Did you see them put seventy points on the on the on the Broncos? Oh my God! What are you guys going to do? Did you see them put seventy points on the Broncos? Wow! They're such a great team. 
And nobody really took a look at what the Buffalo Bills have been doing. We we were we were going into that game, the number two ranked offense according to DVOA, and we were the number two ranked defense uh, according to DVOA scoring, you know, yards, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we were top, I believe, top five in sacks going into that game. Now we're tied for number one after that game. I, I mean, I, there were questions in the offseason about whether or not Sean McDermott could actually get the uh the play calling on the defense uh down and still be able to run the team effectively i mean we're, we're done with a quarter of the season i think he's answered those questions what do you think oh without question i mean you know when it comes to the national media you know we were we were we were the flavor of the year last year let's be honest right we, we heard it and i think the media sometimes this is how they are you know they get tired of things pretty quickly I mean, wait, just give it about two weeks. They'll be tired of uh, Kelsey and uh, what's her name? Uh, Taylor Swift, right? It doesn't take long for, for the media to go through things, right? So right. with us, I think people saw the losses. People saw the changes. And they're like, ah, oh, this team's due for to come down to earth. And that is just not the case. They really weren't paying attention to the moves we made in the offseason, which you and I went into great length about for many hours over the offseason. So it, and the national media got a taste of, of what that is. I mean, can you name a player in our defensive line that is not playing extremely well right now? Tim Saddle. Well, go ahead. I'm That's it, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> true. Sha- Shaq Lawson. Right? Sha- Shaq Lawson did have a rough game uh, Sunday. He got blown up a couple mm-hmm. times, but I mean, yeah. Sha- Shaq's a pro, bro. He- he's been very, he's been, he's been very good against the run. So, Abs- but- absolutely. But just, just Ed Oliver. I mean. Daquan Jones and what, what you're seeing of those guys is just, it's been at an elite level. It, it's, it's shocked even the most optimistic fan out there a, a, across the board. And, you know, and now the media is starting to see it again. They're, they're putting us towards the top. They're, they're kind of backtracking on some of their statements and listen, we still got a long way to go, but I mean, the returns are even as I, I couldn't even have cooked up that kind of performance yesterday in my wildest dreams. I mean, on Sunday. Yeah. That- no, that was uh, that, I mean, I play people. I play people to Madden sometimes, and they pick the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if I've beaten somebody that bad. That like that was that was just amazing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the old line for right now. We'll talk a little bit about uh, 27 man. Tre'Davious White went down. He tore his Achilles. He is out for the season. Uh, this is you know his first you know full off season and and uh, full full off season after his uh, ACL tear. That he suffered in uh, 2021 against New Orleans Saints. Um, as someone who's torn both, I've never, obviously never played cornerback in the NFL, but I've torn my Achilles in both legs and I tore my ACL. The Achilles is a hard, hard, hard rehab. Um, it it, re- it really is. It took a major toll on me. I was older than Trey when I tore tore mine the second time. Uh, but it is a difficult, difficult uh, road back, and all all my my prayers and 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 just well wishes to Trey and his family. Um, and we know how hard he worked to get back after the ACL. So uh, to see him come back and and start to look like Trey again, like I'm, I'm going to keep bringing back bringing up that interception he had against the Commanders, outside leverage on a deep hitch route. You know, stops, turns, contorts his body, jumps the jumps the pass and, and intercepts the football in the end zone. Amazing play. And and did not 
touch the receiver. It was it was great. It was just a great play. He looked like he was back. He was playing really well. Um, dropped a pick six against Miami. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it stinks, man. But the difference this time is um, instead of having Levi Wallace as CB1, uh, we, we will have Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, who last time he came in for Trey, played really, really well, uh, played like six or seven games that year, gave up no touchdowns. Uh, they had him they had him guarding guys like Gronk. They had him guard, guarding guys like Mike Evans. They had him guarding the Tyree Kills. They had him guarding you know, Jalen Wilde. They had him guarding everybody. And he and he played really, really well. So um, we do have we do have very good depth at the cornerback position. Um, and the wild card here is, is Kyrie Elam. Kyrie Elam has the athletic profile to do some of the things uh, physically that Trey White has done for this defense. Um, he's Kyrie is by far our best press man corner. He's the fastest corner we have, uh, the most athletic, probably the best ball skills. Um, the man played like what did he play last year? Like eight games, or eight or mm-hmm. eight, yeah. eight to ten games, and he had like three interceptions. So. Like the ball skills are there as well. It got to the point last year where they stopped throwing to his side. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't. You I, know, it hurt. It hurts, man. Losing Trey. You, you said it best. You know, just from the fans' point of view. I mean, you, you mentioned Madden before, right? And you know, if you play a season and you get to the podium, you know, we envision like Josh Allen, you know, at the podium. And I mean, tell me, Trey White isn't one of the first you think of right, that you want to see towards the front of that, right? He's He's been like one of the, quote, OGs of this renaissance, as you will, right? He was one of our, mm-hmm. our first picks. He, he's so popular he, in that room. He was McDermott's first pick. He was McDermott's yeah, first pick. Yeah, yeah, yep. He's he's such a, you know, I, listen, I don't ever pretend to know these players, but you could just see it in Trey. He's just, he's just a good person through and through. You could just see it. Like, just you remember how he broke down when he got his extension, talking about he could take care of his family. And that just speaks volumes of the character. And just, and Whittle, you noticed you mentioned your torn Achilles, right? Just the mental toll that has to be on Trey right now. Like, yeah. so, you know, coming all the way back from from what he did and he was looking great and and just that reaction, it just, you know, it kind of it hits you right here, right? It, it really, really did. And, you know, we certainly keep Trey in, in, in our thoughts and prayers and I, I hope he's able to come back. But, you know, that leads to something else I never – I never begrudge a player for trying to get his money as fast as possible. We just saw a perfect example why. Right. With Trey White. Right. You just never know, unfortunately, when when that can happen. It's such a physical game. It's so demanding on the body. So and, and right. I agree with you. Yeah. I think our and I think our depth is more equipped. Do you think there could be a possible deal? Or do you think we just kind of wait and see as things go over the next month in terms of I heard that they I heard that they brought somebody into on a practice squad. I honestly hadn't had a chance to um Kind of go in depth with that, but there are guys out there that that I think could could add value to this uh, cornerback room. Um, matter of fact, uh, I, I I know that they brought somebody in. Let me pull that up now. I know they brought a guy in, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see, but, but yeah, I cannot. You know, recall. This, this losing trade man was Herb. Was it Herb Miller? Whittle we signed to the practice, yeah, I, practice squad? I think. I think he was a head of Carolina connection, if I remember correctly. Uh, but I cannot remember specifics. You no, know, we always shopping. Oh yeah, yeah. Bill signed cornerback Herb Miller. Yes, mm-hmm. that's that's who it was. Bill signed cornerback Herb Miller 
to add depth after all pro Tredavious White suffered the season ending injury. That stinks. Um, I don't know much about Herb Miller. Uh I he I won a Super Bowl playing with uh with the with what was that, Tampa Bay? I believe it was mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Yep. Of of course, of course he of of course he played for Carolina. Everybody that plays for us played for Carolina at some point. I'm I'm sure I'm sure in a few years we'll Carolina play Josh North. down here. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh but yeah, let's so you know, I I want to move past the trade injury and, and shine a light on on a unit that has been um that has been in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons for Josh's entire career as the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, and that is the offensive line. Uh, number one, we, we've we done this already. We've given credit uh, where credit has been due, but we're going to do it again. Uh, Aaron Cromer, Coach Cromer, you, sir, thank you. Thank you, and thank your parents for having you, and thank them for, thank them for raising you with the mind that you have because the offensive line under you under you your coaching has has just done a complete 180. I, I can't believe how quickly um Spencer Brown has improved. Osiris Torrance is is they call him Cybo. Like he is stout. I don't think he's given up a sack so far this year. Um it just it just seems like every move we made in the trenches, especially on the offensive side of the ball, has worked. Uh we ran the ball. I don't want to say we ran the ball super effective. But I think we ran the ball um, consistently, and we consistently went forward. There were very few uh, negative plays, um, and 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 those things, and those, and the ability to run the football the way we did, especially that big breakout run that uh, Latavius Murray had. I think it was like forty-one yard. Um, that allowed us to get out and utilize the play action. Uh, keep the linebackers and safeties in, in place and allow guys like Diggs and, and, and Davis to work down the field with one-on-one coverage as long as possible. So um, kudos to that offensive line. Kudos to this offense. Kudos to these guys. They they have they have really, really impressed. Um, but with that being said, we have a trip coming up. And the Buffalo Bills travel across the across the Atlantic. They're going to the UK to play the Jags. And, you know, this is a team that is, has been a thorn in our side for a very long time. Um, and, you know, it, it's, a, it's a competitive team. It's a playoff team. They just won their division in the South last year. They got a lot of young talent. And we have a special guest we'd like to bring on, uh, Travis Holmes. He is a he is a writer for. Let me make sure I get this correct because I do not want to butcher your name, butcher your uh, butcher your accolades, sir. Before you come on here, I don't want to do that. I feel like I did it already before. Um, so he is a Jackson Jaguars news contributor for BigCatCountry.com. Uh, he is a game day analyst at A7B in sports in, uh, in in Florida. He's also with the uh, South Florida Tribune inside the Pigskin podcast and a UCF alum. You know we love UCF. You know we mm-hmm. love UCF. Ain't that right, Gabe Davis? Yes, we do. All right. Without further ado, we're going to bring our special guest on. Ladies and gentlemen, Travis Holmes coming to the stage now. Good evening, sir. How are you? 
Good evening. Hey, good Travis. evening. I, I appreciate that introduction. Hey, I need you to do my credit, sir. Hey, no problem, man. You know, set, set, hit me up in the DMs, man. We'll set something up. No problem. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us, Travis. Really appreciate it. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Uh, I enjoyed chopping it up with you guys yesterday, also in the Twitter spaces. That was some, that was a fun time. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry you had to see me in uh, you know, in, in rare form, but you know it was necessary. <laughs> you know the Jet fans sometimes get. I know I I know you got your rivalries, and sometimes you know you got little brother, and little brother always just keeps bothering you. It's like, come on, man, get out of my room. That's the Jets. The Jets uh, I mean, always want. Yeah, we we keep them in the basement, but they try to keep coming upstairs and it's like you don't live up here you know I'll openly acknowledge uh you you guys have been around a little bit longer and had a little bit more success to have that little brother um if anything i would say the jaguars only true little brother is probably the pittsburgh steelers and unfortunately we're no longer in the, the same division anymore you know when they switched it up to the afc south so um but before that yeah we were always that team that just dominated them they, and I, i'm sure they were happy to get us out of the same division um, I'm I'm sure that the the Steelers aren't faring too well this year. We heard a lot about them off season in the off season, and uh, hmm. so far it's bearing no fruit. Yes, sir. All right, Tra Travis, man, talk to us about these Jags, man. Talk to us about the Jaguars. You got a lot of young well, talent over there. Well, that's yeah, we we do, and that's what's so frustrating about how this season has started. Uh, it's mainly been just for the most part the offensive line injury started in training camp. Um, and once that happened, you know, we had, uh, we thought we had a significant depth when we signed Josh Wells uh, from Tampa Bay as our, you know, you know, hopeful quote unquote swing tackle. He gets injured in training camp. He's done for the season. IR. All right, cool. Cool. It's fine. It's fine. We, we drafted Anton Harrison. Well, Cam Robinson gets is suspended for four seasons. All right, cool. So that's not that's that's not really competition because he, this is going to be his first week back, potentially. You know, it sounds likely this week against you guys, and that's never the great thing that you want to happen, right? The, the first game back against this dominant pass rush, uh, but between those injuries between us losing some of the depth that we had between us you know having two guys coming back from injury you know Ben Barch our left guard ended up getting hurt last season he started off pretty rough this season actually got benched last week against Atlanta um so all of a sudden this thing that we thought that well we had this dominant or at least you know reasonable reasonably above average offensive line has now become Hey man, let's just make it to week four. Let's just make it to week five, and hopefully we'll get Cam back, and this thing will make sense, or they'll be able to find the five best guys. And that's sort of what it's been, and it's changed a lot of the way that they run the offense because this team that was a more vertical team, you know, realistically fifteen to twenty yards down the field, has now become this ten to fifteen yard, you know, offense more uh, horizontal instead of being vertical because of those injuries to that O-line and earlier in the season. Um, but no, we have a, we, we this, it's a really young group. I mean, again, you guys know Josh, the other Josh Allen, uh, uh, the defensive end uh, for the Jaguars. You know, he's, he's been historically this pressure monster and now he's finally converting those pressures into sacks this season. It's wonderful to see. Um, Tre uh, Trevon Walker on the opposite side, uh, you know, a first round draft pick is not, he is not, I don't know what good way to say that, but let's just say he hasn't become the pass rusher that they want him to be just yet. 
again, you don't really want to start having that conversation until the end of this season, probably the early next season to, you know, to say where he's going to fall. But nevertheless, uh, it's been an interesting thing with that defense because that 2021 draft class has also been just, you know, just amazing. Andre Sisco, you have Rayshon Jenkins as the two safeties for the Jaguars have been incredible. Uh, you got Tyson Campbell back there. He's just balling out of control. Like as far as that Jaguars defense, that Jaguars secondary, they've been doing their thing, carrying this team while the offense kind of figures out what it wants to do with this new receiver, this offensive line, this horizontal kind of offense. So it's been frustrating, but also interesting because you can see the team that we saw in 2022, but there's these little things that just keep just frustratingly, uh, it's just an, just an irritating watch because you can see the ceiling, but they're just doing these small things that just make it so that they don't achieve the goal that they're looking for. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Travis. Okay, well. Now on uh okay, now on uh the offense offensive side of the football, like I, I know you guys have a bunch of wide receivers, man, Calvin Ridley, uh Christian Kirk, who should be a Buffalo Bill, but we'll you know, we'll let that go for now. He should be a Bill. Someday. Uh, Zay Jones, who used to be a Bill, <laughs> um Evan Ingram, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. who, who's who's the guy you uh, the running back you guys picked up in the draft was that uh Biz- Travis Tank- Travis Etienne and t- and and no. Tank Bisbee Tank Bisbee yeah you picked Tank up Bisbee. Tank Bisbee in the draft and then you guys have Etienne who also should be a Bill but we'll we'll we'll, we'll let that one go as well um and and you hey. mentioned the guys on defense man yeah. uh Tyson Campbell is underrated uh by far I yeah. love the linebackers uh Devin Lloyd. Chad Muma, I'm, I'm, they're not great in coverage, but they're still young and they're athletic enough to develop into. They, they, they're young and they're athletic enough to develop into a competent pair of of uh, linebackers who can do it all. Right now, the interior of your defensive line and the offensive line have have lacked. Uh, They've lacked the same luster as the rest of the team. So what what are you guys doing to fix that? Because like you said, you, you you did take anti Harrison. I I wasn't too high on him. I mean, he's he's more he was out of the first round tackles, he was probably the biggest project. Um, but the the the, the measurables and everything else is there. Like don't like I don't want that, don't get it twisted. He 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 looks like an NFL tackle for sure. And you know he played, and he played to that level, uh, uh, Oklahoma. So I, I just don't know. I just don't know about about the trenches, and that worries me because you have so much talent everywhere else, and great talent can sometimes be overshadowed by poor trench play. All right, so I. I- I halfway agree with half, you know some of the comments that were made, but we just talked. I mean, you, you just gave me a lot to go to to, <laughs> to respond to. So, as far okay. as the trench play, first we'll start with Anton. Anton had a come to Jesus game against Chris Jones, and a lot of offensive linemen will have those games against that guy because he normally, for you anyone who doesn't know, you know Chris Jones normally does not line up on one person when when you play the Chiefs. He 
30% on, you know, the left end, 20% over the right guard, you know, 40% on the other side. He's just going to find that matchup and they'll move him around wherever they need to move him around in most games. And all of a sudden when the Chiefs played against the Jaguars, nah, <laughs> they said, mm -hmm. I'm going to put you over Anton Harrison 90% of the snaps and you are going to go against this rookie and until they help or whatever that, that, that basically I want you to make his life hell and that's basically what they did in that game and honestly that shocked me a few other guys in the media when I talked to that shocked them too and I'm 100% sure that shocked the Jaguars because the week beforehand they played uh, the Indianapolis Colts and uh, DeForest Buckner had a day, had a day against the Jaguar center and uh, left guard. So in all of our minds, you know, they're going into the game with the now injured right uh, left guard and center who just had a rough game against another defensive tackle. They're thinking, and I'm thinking, they're probably going to want to give those, you know, that inside, the inside of the O-line help. <laughs> and the Chiefs are like, nah, we're going to put him on this rookie and and let our second or our third best pass rusher dominate on the inside. And what are you going to do, Jaguars, to counter that? And it took probably to late in the fourth quarter for them to truly just counter that move, in my opinion. When I watch the tape, I'm just like, you know, they, they're chipping. They're chipping in the inside over and over and over, and he's just destroying this guy on the outside. Like, unless you're going to start blocking with six, seven, eight, like, that destroys your whole offensive game plan that you worked on all week. Like, you're, you're kind of stuck there. And But outside of that game against Chris Jones, don't, Anton's been a, been great. I won't say he's been this amazing, you know, beast, but, no, he's been really good. So, and that's the unfortunate part. It's kind of killed. It, it tanked his numbers a little bit when people are looking at pressures and things of that nature. But if you're not Chris Jones, I don't know if you're going to have that type of game against him. So he's solid. Walker Little solid. It's the interior that's the question, honestly, of the, of that O line. It's that's it's Luke Fortner at center. And you know, you know, are you guys going to be able to dominate and get that inside pressure? Uh, but as far as the edges, I actually have much less concern because Trevor Lawrence is you know has a top three snap to throw rate uh, in the NFL, and that's going back into last season. So normally he's not that guy that's going to hold the ball. He's going to get the ball out of his hands, and you're not going to get a lot of sacks based, you know, that way. You're going to get sacks coming through the middle. Um, but as, and as far as the guys in coverage, the linebackers in coverage, I actually will agree with you that you know, they, they're not your top-flight coverage guys. But they are adequate enough that they can, you know, earlier in the season they shut down Travis Kelsey. Like, they, with the help of the safeties, uh, obviously – you know, they can find ways to, to tape this together, to, to super glue this thing together. They'll find a way to make it work uh, with the right coverages and things of that nature. So between, you know, Foyer, Foyer Aluakon, and you got obviously Chad Moomer, since Devin Lloyd is going to be injured for this game with his hand surgery. Uh, they have the pieces, and in a very many ways, they're a lot like this Buffalo defense, and that's the part that I think is really going under the radar for most Buffalo fans. Again, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. And no one was talking about this Jaguars defense. It was always the Buffalo defense. And I'm like, dude, you guys are the top defense as far as turnovers in the league. But the Jaguars are fourth. Two turnovers behind you guys. Like, And we both were tied last year in turnovers for fourth in the league. Like, This is not like just this season. This is going back into last year. These are two good defense who, defenses who run a lot of cover two trap, cover two palm, cover two man, whatever you want to call it, uh, with some, you know, cover one blitzes behind it, uh, you know, on occasion on those money downs. Dope. Right. Both defenses do the same thing. 
but both defenses don't play against their own defense. Oh, sorry, but both uh, offenses don't play against their <laughs> their own defense. And this will be the first time that we will get a real matchup that you guys would really be challenged on defense. The only question is what what is that Jacksonville offense going to do against a defense like theirs? That's my biggest question on this game because you guys are our monster, and I will never down that offense because you guys are something serious. I, I gotta so, I gotta agree with you there. Uh, the one thing about this Jacksonville defense that people underestimate is the speed, the ability, their ability to get from sideline to sideline. They rally tackle. I mean, they they're just they're just extremely fast. So whatever they lack, uh, at the point of attack, they make up with the ability to just chase you down and just consistently get after you. They always talk about these rookies and, oh, I like this kid. He works hard. He's got a great motor. The entire Jaguars defense has a great motor. And that, I mean, they're, it, it's annoying. It's annoying because they match up so well against us. And I, I just think they they pose, they pose a really, really, really nasty threat uh, on Sunday. Um, over there and over there in London. Go ahead, Beyond. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, you're no, it's been great. I just want Travis, I wanted to ask you about the health of your line. I know you mentioned there's been some issues with the health. I mean, are you getting anybody back? And I just wanted to get your overall thoughts on I feel like you know, Trevor Lawrence sh- has shown a lot of signs, and I'm kind of waiting for that bust out, right? Like, he just starts going on a you know, like a two month just bender of just you know what I mean, just incredible stats. Like, I'm Waiting yeah. for it. We haven't quite seen it yet, and it could be it, maybe what you said, the line could have a lot to do with that. But I just want to get your overall thoughts of where you feel he is in his career and yeah. also the health of your line going into the game this Sunday. So there are so many variables to just that question. That's, that's, that's loaded in and of itself. So to start, like you said earlier, with the O-line getting healthier. Man, we got uh, Cam Robinson, who finally you know served his four-game suspension, who's coming back at left tackle. That's going to allow us to move Walker Little, who was uh, playing left tackle, to left guard. And uh, we just talked about the fact that uh, Ben Barch, our former left guard, was benched last week against Atlanta. But now Walker Little can go move inside. All of a sudden, that just it changes the whole that whole left side of the line and where they can improve. And hopefully that would allow us just to get back to what it was last year and having some having a more vertical offense. That's the first part. <laughs> the second part is Trevor Lawrence ain't the problem here. Oof. If, if you watch the film and you see the big time throw, like he leads the NFL in big time throws, you know, throws over 20 mm-hmm. yards. And even when there's no separation, the throws that this dude has been making this season have just been insane. And if you would see how many throws that he's had, you know, back of the end zone throws, sideline catches where the receiver should have dragged his feet. We have seven, eight. We're in week four, like of these catches that potentially could have been touchdowns or you know, long throws that just the, the receiver didn't get the second foot in. Um, and it's an insane it's 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 got to be a regression to the mean coming on that, right? Like, because we'd be having a totally different conversation right now. Everybody's like, "Hey, is Trevor Lawrence going to be it?" And hey, is you know what's happening with Trevor Lawrence? And it's like, no, no, no. If they catch fifty percent of those balls, we're having a different conversation. If they catch all of them, this isn't this isn't like we are having the conversation of Trevor Lawrence being the goat. Like, it is really that difference. So Trevor's not the problem. His receivers have been failing him on the small stuff. And that's what I was saying earlier when I'm like, if you watch the film, nah, this is, they're so close 
on a lot of stuff. And it's just like the small stuff. Hey, dragging your feet. Hey, don't drop these three balls in this game on third down like Calvin Ridley. Um, it got to the point where the offense started to flow uh and for anyone who watches, you know, who's watched the Jaguars game, or if you have Calvin Ridley in fantasy, you've probably noticed some things like, hey, first week they were talking him like crazy, you know, 30 over 30 yeah. percent target share. And then week two, 20 percent target share. Then week three, 17 percent. Then week four, six percent. Like it's slowly they are figuring out. All right, cool. He's having a rough day. Let's 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 merge what we did last year and have this number one receiver. And that may mean that it's going to be somewhere between that six and 17%. They're trying to figure out what the best way is to feature him in the offense without making him have to be the number one read every single play. And unfortunately that's going to result in some rough days. That's going to result in some losses just because you're just trying to figure out what's the best way to run this. Oh, but it's looking good. And if you were looking at those passes that should have been caught or, um, you know, those tight window throws, Trevor Lawrence is making them. He's They're looking pretty. His supporting cast has got to show up. But if they catch balls, don't drop balls, don't have those bonehead penalties on third and fourth down, this game is a like, significantly different game this week and even in the past two weeks. Okay. Oh, hey. All right. So, um, go for, okay, now, Trevor Lawrence is making big throws. He is not is not being viewed as in my opinion, I don't think that he gets the I don't think he gets the the level of respect that uh that he deserves. Um I think people look at his high turnover games and they judge him as a uh reckless quarterback, but mm-hmm. then they give him but then they give him the credit when you guys come back and you guys have come back from some big, big, big deficits. Huge deficits. So, yeah. Yeah. I listen. I know when I'm watching the Bills, and they go down by ten, I'm sweating. I cannot imagine being down three or four scores in the first half, and then my team coming back to win in the second half. That that's crazy. So, what is that like? Like we don't we don't experience that often. We usually <laughs> boat race things. We usually it, it, we it's usually over one way or the other. It's not not yeah. a whole lot of you know close matchups with us. But what is that like? Like what would take take us through the emotion of go of, of of being a fan of a team like that? Well, that's the funniest thing because again, I'm a fan of the team. Like you know, I'm a fan of the team, but I also cover the team. So I'm like getting to see this behind the scenes. I'm celebrating with the players. Like we're in the locker room. Like this is great. This is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. You know, going through that Cowboys game with the interception. Uh, Rashawn Jenkins returns it for a touchdown, and you know, in overtime, just that game, the Chargers game. You know, being down again, yeah, 28, 28 points at one point. Uh, and and winning the game like that's just insane. But a lot of the stuff we only now, as of week one this season, kind of got the full story of what m- sounds like was happening last year. Uh, and I'm happy you brought this up because I don't think I've heard anybody talk about this, which is weird to me. Doug Peterson, the week of week one, uh, right before week one of the season, made the announcement that Press Taylor was going to be the offensive coordinator calling the games this season. Now, why that's important is because if you know anything about Doug Peterson, you know he's always called his own plays. And we knew he was calling plays last season. Great. 
then we find out, wait, no, no. He, actually, Press Taylor was calling plays in the second half of all games last season in 2022. They they had that little nugget thrown in and, and talked about that in press conferences. And we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Press Taylor was calling plays in the second half of every game last year. So every single one of those comebacks was a different person, a fully different person calling every game. So anyone who knows anything about the NFL and how halftime works and how you know those adjustments work, you will know sideline adjustments are normally very minimal. You're not changing, you know, changing the playbook wholesale. You're not doing all these things. Normally, the adjustments that are going to be made are going to be made in that locker room at halftime, and you're going to have five to seven minutes to really talk about it, and and you're out of there. And the Jaguars were literally switching up who's calling plays, which changes the style. All of a sudden, they're instead of going two by two all day, they're going trips and spamming, <laughs> spamming the backside safety or spamming that third, that second or third corner the whole game. And it, it really does feel like Madden when I say spamming. Like you're playing against a 14-year-old and they're just doing the same play over and over and over until you stop it. That was what was happening in that Chargers game. And I'm like, okay, so that actually makes more sense now. You have a whole different person. It's like having to have two different playbooks, basically. Uh and unfortunately, the Jaguars got rid of that competitive advantage. I felt like that was a competitive advantage, having a whole different dude calling the plays in the second half because now the defensive coordinator on the other side of the field, what are you preparing for in the second half of these games? You don't have very much time to do that. So it was an incredible feeling going through all these things. And now that I can go back and look at this with these new eyes back into 2022, I'm like, but then why did y'all stop doing it? Mm-mm. Keep that go, keep that train rolling. Like let's keep that moving. But it's this is the weirdest thing to watch them go through these early season struggles, and that's why a lot of Jaguar fans have been p- with their pitchforks out talking about you know hey Press Taylor needs to give up play calling back to Doug Peterson because the team's not scoring. You know they're not they're not putting up these thirty five point halves, and they're and everyone's wondering why. And honestly. It, if you're looking at the tape, it's still not execution. It's still not the play calling. It's execution. They're, the guys are dropping balls. They're just not dragging the feet. All the things that we kind of just talked about. Um, but it's an amazing feeling knowing that they have this capacity. They have this capability to come back. But we just—I think we don't want it to happen. I don't think the Jack fans are kind of tired of seeing these cardiac casts, and they just want to see them become that team that you guys were last week. Or that the Dolphins were the week before. You know, I I want to see this team come out and just put up fifty points and a half. Cool in the opening half, and and let me go and you know go grocery shopping in the second half and do <laughs> do something else. You know what I mean, like that. And we just haven't seen them put it together yet. Um, but to your original point, when you were talking about Trevor Lawrence is getting that credit, the reason he doesn't get that credit though is because he doesn't make those off those those off schedule throws. Like Josh, like Josh makes a lot of stuff that's just out of the that's that's out of the structure of the offense. And if he's off platform and everything else, like even Mahomes, it's kind of that same thing. And those are the highlight plays that a lot of people want to see. Whereas you see Trevor Lawrence, all of his highlight throws will be like there is literally no separation. And he's putting that ball in an impossible spot. And that's a great throw, but it's still within the structure of the offense. And Doug's going to always get 30 percent of that credit, 50 percent of that credit, whatever it is. And unfortunately, it takes some of the shine off Trevor and it gives and kind of shares it between the coach and the quarterback. Absolutely. And, you know, so you've had a lot of expectations going into the season, too, right, Travis? And maybe there's something to that, too. Right. You yeah. know, you made the playoffs last year. You know, you won the playoff game. 
you yeah. know, you were hoping everybody's hoping they pick it up from the end of last season, and all that happened was they kind of just started where they well maybe not where they started last season. I don't want to over exaggerate it, but they definitely regress from where they ended the season, and you know, in kind of trying to figure out how to put in these new pieces of the offense and also deal with those offensive line injuries. Um, so yeah, those high expectations that everyone had, like I, I think the small, the lowest, the lowest uh, win projection I saw from pretty much anyone in the national media had this team at like 10 to 11 wins. Mm-hmm. So starting the season two and two wasn't in the play. Like, that wasn't in the, that wasn't in the bingo cards. Um, but yeah, so that's going to cause a little bit of frustration for fans. I mean, you have Jacksonville Jaguar home fans booing the team, you know, in the first half against Houston. Like, that shows you the level of the expectations from the home team, even though we've historically not had a great team overall. Like, just keeping it 100. Like, we, we haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they, they haven't done it yet. And I think, unfortunately, maybe that was too high of an expectation. But I still believe they can be a 10-win team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I was doing, when I was thinking about the season, Travis, remember a couple of years when Tennessee got the one seed, like, you know, this AFC is so competitive. And mm-hmm. I was thinking Jacksonville with the AFC South would have been racking up wins, but Houston's been a lot better than we ever thought. I mean, I was pretty high on ZJ Stroud, but I never expected it to be this quick, right? This fast. I mean, he, he's shocking everybody right now. And, you know, maybe this division is really one of the biggest surprises, again, early on, but I do expect. I love your coach. I love Doug Peterson. I think he's going to figure this out. And I'm, yeah. I share my concerns about this game on Sunday against you guys. I, I respect what's going on over there. I think you match up well with us. I, you know, so I think it's going to be a great game yeah, very I, early on Sunday I morning. I projected this conference to be a dogfight. It's in writing. If you want to go to bitcatcountry.com and look at the season projections, I said it then. I said Houston was going to be a seven-win team then, and this is before – you know training camp we're in, we're in the middle of training camp kind of figuring it out at that point um my my only question was how many games was uh was where the coach going to win and i kind of had them at four to five and even they might surpass that like it's all of these teams are beating teams that are like legit oh <laughs> uh, i almost say legit but i'm saying like these are average to above average football teams who are getting beat like the coach beat the ravens and then they beat the texans which was just weird in and of itself but then the Texans themselves turn around and beat the brakes off the Steelers. And I didn't know what to think about. <laughs> I didn't know what to Smoked, think about that. Yeah. Smoked them. Smoked them. They had two field goals. Yep. Good touch field goals. <laughs> Smoked them. Yep. And you got the Titans playing the Saints close, beating uh beating the Chargers. Uh mm-hmm. beat beat the heck out of uh Joe out of uh, Joe Cool and the and the Bengals. Like, and I'm like, all right, so I thought this was gonna be a dog fight of the division. What I didn't expect these guys to be doing is beating up everybody outside of the division. Like I that wasn't again, that wasn't in my bingo cards for this year. So mm-hmm. now yeah, that's materialized a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. And even I thought it was going to be a dog fight. So that 10 win might be legitimately the ceiling just because this might not be a cakewalk of a division. Now, I think one thing you have in your favor, in my opinion, I think you have the best quarterback in your division. And I think when it comes down to it, in these in these tough division games, the best quarterback should win more times than he loses. Um, I can agree with that. I think <clears throat> I think take for example the Bills, right? 
we beat we beat up on the Dolphins all the time. Lately, we've been beaten up on the Patriots. I mean, they haven't been close. <laughs> but we struggle with the Jets, and the Jets are the worst team in our division. They make the case to be most times the worst team in football. Um, but they yeah. play us tough. They play us tough, and it's and it's just a division thing. And you know, Josh Josh Allen struggles against them. The, the Jets really for does. you guys is the Texans for us. They yeah. literally beat us like what was it like ten out of eleven times? The ten out of the last eleven times, and that's a mm-hmm. weird stat that no one talked about. But until after the game when we lost against Houston a few weeks back, it's just one of those games, man. It's, it's just a rough let's, one. Travis, let's not give the Jets that much credit. Josh Allen <laughs> six and four against them. Let's let you know. I mean, <laughs> every every time they beat us, we turn back around and beat them by double what they beat mm-hmm. us by. So, but but it's, but but you know, yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. It's just one of those things. I, those those division games are always hard to predict because they they know you. These are the teams that know you the best, and they find ways to just play you tight. And yeah, I get it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, now you guys have been in. You guys have been in London since last week. You guys put the smackdown on the Atlanta Falcons and uh, one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen strap up. Uh, to play football on Sundays, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter's terrible. I mean, listen, he's an NFL player. I will never get to the level. I, I he's way more talented at football than I am, but it's marginal because he is bad. He's really bad at the quarterback position. Um, Brother, I but, was text. I was texting with one of my dudes in the media, uh, Kyle Nash. Uh, and I'm like, dude, I pray, I pray Josh Allen don't hurt this dude because they, they put Tyler Heineken in this game, they actually might win because right. this dude was so terrible. He was just missing everything that was reasonably open. And I was just like, yeah, thank thank goodness for that. And Because the Falcons have weapons. I mean, it's not like right. the void of talent. And this is the year we don't have the Falcons on our schedule, right? I mean, I, I would love for our defense to be able to go up against Desmond mm-hmm. Ritter at least once. But – um. All right, Bills, Jags. What you know? It's coming up Sunday. It's gonna be bright and early in the morning. It's gonna be brunch and beers. You know how I go with Buffalo. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, what are the keys for the Jags? What 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 are the keys for the Jags to win this game? They got to do something they haven't done this season so far. Is they have to find a way to convert these third down conversions on offense. Uh, they just have for whatever reason. And again, it's all these small things. It's not like other teams are just playing them incredibly. It's like, hey, man, stop dropping balls on third down. Stop getting penalties, like 10-yard penalties, and making these impossible conversion situations. It's just untimely stuff. Um, they are actually reasonably solid on first and second down, and for whatever reason, the numbers just tank on third down, and teams aren't doing one thing consistently against them. So, again, I'm, I'm saying just show me something that you haven't done this season and find a way to put it together on third downs. Um, the same will also apply in that red zone. You, you got to get seven instead of getting three. But a lot of that, again, you have like seven or eight different plays where the receiver just got to get that second foot down on the sideline or these uh, end zone catches. And this is a whole different conversation. It's the small stuff. So I'm hoping the fact that this might be the one of the first games this season where they are reasonably not looked at as the favorite. So they don't have a reason to press. You got in that way, you guys are the favorite, and I feel like the team has been pressing these you know past few weeks, and it's kind of shown in the game in these unca- uncharacteristic drops and just dumb penalties and things of that nature. With you got with them being the underdog, that's where they lived last year, 
and that was a and that was a nasty. It was a it was a nice season, um, you know. And so, I, if we can get something that looks like that, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm down with everybody looking at the Jaguars as the underdog, game in and game out. Um, but you guys have that great, you know, defensive front. You got DeQuan Jones and Ed Oliver versus Luke Fortner. Uh, we talked about him earlier. How he he might at this point with the return of Cam Robinson uh, be bat, be our weakest spot on the O line. So if you're going to get that inside pressure, that's going to be a problem. It's not going to allow us to pass the ball deep, kind of what we talked about earlier. Um, I don't know how much reps Von Miller is really going to get if he ends up playing at all. I know I saw him on the podcast talking about he's like 90% back, quote unquote. Yeah. If that if that's true, you know, what does he look like on top of you know, going against Anton Harrison? Who who knows? Bro, he's not playing. It's an early game in the UK against a non-divisional opponent, bro. I don't, I don't see it. Like, I mean, it's, we'll it's, know tomorrow if he's traveling, right? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if he tra- whether he travels or not, I highly, highly doubt they put him in. The, I, I highly doubt he's a game day active. Um, <laughs> and okay. and not because and not because I don't think that we need him. Because you guys do have a, a, you guys are a very, very good team. You're a great matchup to to give the Bills trouble. Um, but I think that you know these other guys have been playing so well, um, and we do have a guy, young guy, and then Kingsley Jonathan, who's a who's a bit of a speed rusher that we uh, we definitely definitely want to want to get him as many snaps as possible before he's. Back to being a a, a, a healthy scratch on, on yes. game days, um, so I definitely I definitely see uh, Leonard Floyd, um, AJ Epinesa, yeah, you know, and the rest of the guys. I don't know about Gregory Russo. He uh, has a foot injury, so he might uh-huh. he may or may not play. We we don't know yet. We're waiting to see. Uh, Dawson Knox has a quad injury, so. He may or may not be able to play. It's getting ugly. I mean, but, it's getting ugly. We're starting to get a little banged up. I mean, I I could lie to you. I could tell you the truth. But if I'm if I'm if I'm telling you the truth, hey, that sounds good for me as a Jags fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I because you know, I, I mean, it. yeah, Dawson Knox. You know, when we talked about this yesterday, and and Kincaid, they're not really running him on vertical routes. They're not really stretching the field. So these are your check down guys, and they're going to get you those eight yards. So for the most part, that's not a terrible thing it's just like it is a loss but is it not it's not going to materially change the game in very many ways unless the person that replaces him is going to be have a lot of drops um you know, for, for for the most part like that Leonard Floyd piece uh, how much he sees of Cam Robinson that's going to be interesting again Cam hasn't played and the last time we did see him play was against the Detroit Lions backups in preseason and that was not a good game um I know you I, I don't expect you guys to be watching Jaguars preseason football Especially when they're I playing against not. the backups, <laughs> but yeah, I no, no, no. I had yeah. a, I had a, on my Twitter, Travis D. Holmes on on Twitter. If you you can go back uh, in to again, it was week two, I believe, of the preseason, and I cut up every single snap of Cam Robinson uh, against the Detroit Lions backups. It was on, it was only the first half, and it was not pretty. I mean, I'm talking about he was being bowled over and things of that nature, like on multiple occasions, and he had holding penalties where he just getting dominated because he was also injured late last season so it's not just this it's not just a suspension it was hey he's coming back from an injury he's rusty all these things and that's who was going to be our left tackle so that leonard floyd versus cam robinson piece 
is a bigger piece that, again, I don't think a lot of people are talking about because they're just happy that Cam's back. But no, that what what that becomes is going to be a big part of this game. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think you'll see Leonard Floyd on the uh, over top of your left or, or, or your left tackle. I think you'll see a combination of AJ Epinesa and Kingsley Jonathan. Mm. If Gregory Russo does not play, I think they are going to. If if I'm Coach McDermott and I'm clearly I'm not. I'm <laughs> you know uh, l- l- less. <laughs> I'm a less in shape black man with hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if I'm McDermott, I'm taking my best pass rusher, Leonard Floyd, uh, if Rousseau's not available, and I'm putting him on the right side over against your right tackle. Okay. And I'm gonna let and I'm gonna let these other guys that like AJ Epinesa, who who has some pass rush moves and can you know and can win with strength, I'm gonna let him and the speedy Kingsley Jonathan give your give your guy, you know, give your your guy you know, fits. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna work Cam as much as I can and throw multiple guys at him to see, you oh, know, yeah. can you handle the speed rush? Can you handle can you handle that inside power move? Can you handle that 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 counter? Like let's see where you're at. Uh, yeah. but Luke Fortner. Um I'm gonna speak a little bit about Luke Fortner. Uh I do every 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 year in the uh off season, you know, myself and a couple other guys, we we do a deep dive into you know a lot of prospects that are coming out in the draft and Luke Fortner was one of one of my my best day two slash day three uh interior offensive linemen the one thing technically sound technically sound you know solid center day one he can come in and and give you quality minutes the functional mm-hmm. strength was not there though and That's that it. was the issue that was the only issue with him if he was stronger a, a bit bigger, he's a he's a day two pick, easy second third round guy, easy. But the functional strength wasn't there, kind of similar to a Ricky Stromberg out of uh, Arkansas. But I think yeah. Fortner, uh, way more technical, way more technically sound than Stromberg, where Stromberg has a little more of that athleticism, a little higher upside on the athletic side. But um, yeah, I think Fortner's a good power. He's just yeah, I, power. That's right. yeah. I think Fortner's a good pro. I, I I think he will. I think he will develop uh, ways to mitigate his lack of, of functional strength. And I mean, maybe he'll just get his grown man strength in, in a couple of years and, and be and become, you know, what I think how good I think he can be. But um, right. that's not going to help on Sunday. Ed Oliver uh, is like top three in pressures. Um, Daquan Jones had a sack on Sunday. I mean. These guys are living in the back in the backfield. They are shooting gaps. They're beating interior offensive linemen with speed. And if they're not beating them with speed, they're beating them with scheme and they're beating them with strength. They are winning in multiple ways, and they're going to cause issues uh, for that offensive line. But the Maybe. Bills need to figure out a way to run the football against the Jag defense. And I think that that is the hardest thing to do. Like uh-huh. if you're going to attack the Jags, you really got to do it through the air. And to me, when I look at the Jaguars and I look at the Bills and I say, you know what? We can attack this team through the air over and over and over. Josh could have 50 pass attempts, but that plays right into exactly what the Jags want you to do, which is allow Josh Allen to try to figure it out 
from the pocket or mm-hmm. on the move in the air and then let the Jags Josh Allen chase him down and wreck the game again like he did a couple years ago where we only right. scored six points. Uh-uh. Right, that's the gotta run the football. Yeah, yeah. What you're saying right now is the exact game plan. Like these was like like you were saying, these defenses are made for both of these teams very similarly. Jaguars fourth in DVOA and run stopping. Like this is what we do. Also, if you're trying to run it inside at uh you know at Fatsukasi and Adam Gostis, you're gonna you're gonna struggle. If you maybe you might have a chance running some outside zone, running some toss, you know things of that nature. Running your maybe a, your RPO game with Josh uh with the other Josh Allen. Might have some success there because they did struggle last year and also in week one against Anthony Richardson doing the same thing. So if there's a thing in the game, something that's kind of just right down. All right, cool. Josh Allen running. That may be something that uh, could pose a problem, depending on how the Jaguars end up playing that on defense. But, yeah, that's that's the biggest uh, that's that's the biggest piece is they want to stop. They're going to stop you from running the ball on those early downs. And they're going to try to get you in those third down situ- situations and play a lot of that cover two man that we we're talking about earlier. Again, you guys play what what 20, 25% of that this year. Like you guys do it off often also. So I'm just like, all right, dope. This is going to be interesting uh, to watch that chess match because we have the corners. And I and not to say we're we're not trying to match up with you guys one-on-one. That's historically not what we do, but like we just talked about. But Darius Williams. PFF's number one corner right now. Tyson Campbell's actually our best corner, and he just doesn't have the grades for it right now. Like that's two great corners with two with uh, Andre Cisco's the fifth ranked safety right now in the league. Like a lot like your Micah Hyde, Tre'Davious White combination. Like it's just one of those situations where we have the horses if we can keep the game close. We can't let these you know explosive plays happen or these fluky things on special teams and all these other things kind of just muck up the game. But if they find a way to make this, <laughs> if we find a way to, to turn this into a dog fight, and that was kind of one of the talking points for the coaching staff last week is turn it into a dog fight, find a way to just muck it up and just don't let these easy, don't, don't let these easy uh, plays happen. If the Jaguars can do that, and that sounds like that's their goal, this is going to not work in the Bills' favor. And I think you will know it by halftime. Like, you'll be able to say it, like, objectively. Hey, at the half, dang, Buffalo's not running the ball well. And this, this is still a one-score game. Like, if that, if you see how that works out, and then you're at the half, you're already saying, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> like, you will know right. early whether or not this is going to be a game or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but us, you guys losing Tredavis White this week, is probably the one thing that the Jaguars like that's the one thing that makes this kind of a coin flip from my perspective, honestly. Uh, because him and Micah Hyde are those guys who kind of they, those are the two pieces that allow you guys to play as much of those two defense that you guys do play. So I'm right. interested in seeing how you know your coaching staff is going to flip that one or how are they going to change it, change up? Are they really going to play things exactly as you normally do? If that is the case, I, I do have concerns for that second corner. I'm just being real about it. No, that's 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 a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, not having Tre'Davious White definitely impacts what we do on defense. When you have a guy like Tre'Davious White, he can make the coverage mistakes of other guys go away because he's so good. Same thing with Micah Hyde. Even if you get beat over the top, Micah Hyde has the the ability 
and the uh, experience and the range to track down the football. You remember that interception she had on Mac Jones in the playoffs? I know you do. I know. I, shoot. I mean, that was a great play. But this that's what Micah does. He, and he allows – Micah in that secondary allows the corners up front to play a little more physical, to be a little more uh, – uh, aggressive to you know to to take to 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 come up and try to take those short and intermediate routes away and force quarterbacks to throw in the tighter windows down the field which allows this pass rush to get there and uh it allows and not only allows the pass rush to get there but gives our guys an opportunity to turn the ball to get turnover so um and a lot of people don't give, a lot of people don't give you your uh, was the Teron Johnson. A lot of a lot of fans don't give him the credit he deserves and out of the slot because that dude was giving up as of last week the least separation of all slot corners in the NFL. And I'm like, oh, is that so? Because I was keeping an eye on that last week. Like, all right, mm-hmm. Zay Jones, all right, Kristen Kirk. That's just something I need to know. That sounds like an Evan Ingram uh, type of game at that point. Yeah, that dude's yeah. a dog. Oh yeah, for sure. And then and then and then that. That the the linebackers that we have, I, I call them the, the future All Pro duo, uh, Terrell Bernard and Matthew Milano. Uh, I, I their ability to play the pass, their ability to cover, their ability to play man, uh, their ability to uh, attack ball carriers, I, I think is going to be uh, key in this game because you just brought up Evan Ingram, you just brought up Christian Kirk. Those are two guys, and once they get the ball in their hands, they are very very difficult to get on the ground. So you have to get to them quickly and we have to gang tackle and we have to, you know, everybody in this defense is punching at the football when they get an opportunity to make a tackle. We have to do that. We have to force the Jags to put this ball on the ground and get extra possessions because 20, 20 point leads are not enough against them. 25 point leads are not enough against the Jags. And I'm not even sure if 30, if 35 is enough because (laughs) they will come back like this kid, Trevor Lawrence, aka Sunshine, is like that. Man. You don't know. Yeah. You better ask somebody. They are like yeah. that. And they either, got a ton of either one of these quarterbacks, when they're having an on day, it's a problem. And yeah. they are really close as far as completion percentages on these big time throws and all of that. Like they're really similar in a lot of ways. And that's that's it. Just it leads itself to an exciting game, and I'm hoping that it becomes that. Yeah, I I, I think it will. So now we got to go. Score predictions beyond. Give me a score prediction. Okay. Um, I I feel a little bit of trepidation and nervousness about this game, right? Coming off the three blowouts, coming off the, the emotion of the Dolphins, going out to London, playing against a team that, like Travis has said, is, has matched up well with us. I mean, Josh Allen on the Jacksonville side, is he's a terror. He's a monster. I mean, we got to – you know, go for him. It sounds like this is going to be a game where you mentioned Travis, you're going to play a lot of cover too. Josh is going to have to be patient, kind of take what they give him, you know, kind of things he was kind of doing against the Jets mm-hmm. minus the turnovers. So we got to, we, of course, we got to watch the turnovers. So it, it, in a nutshell, I am a little concerned about losing Trey. Obviously, you know, the week after, it's going to take some time to adjust to that. Some of the other injuries we have with Rousseau, I don't think Vaughn's coming back. I'm not sure about Poyer yet. I'm not sure if he's going to be playing this week or not. But, you know, I, I think from a betting point of view, if you guys are out there betting five and a half points, I would take the five and a half with Jacksonville this week. I am going to pick the Bills to win by three, 27-24. But I have a healthy amount of respect, Travis, for your Jags. So it's not a slight. It's not a nothing of hate at all. I think in a way I kind of want – it sounds weird. I don't want the Bills to have this kind of game. But then I also want to have 
them to have this kind of game. These are the kind of games you got to win when you want to make the big steps late in the season, right? You're not, yeah. it's hard to blow teams out by 28 every week or 30. So I'm expecting that kind of game. And I think we're in for an awesome treat for me in California, 6 30 AM on Sunday kickoff. So, <laughs> okay. so who's next for the, for the prediction? Whittle, would you like to go? We'll let, we'll have Travis, Travis Whittle. Beyond, beyond. Can you hear me? Okay? Oh, no. We, yeah, we're going to go with Travis. We're going to go with Travis. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, it's funny, though, because your prediction, I've switched my prediction three times. Today is Wednesday, man. <laughs> I've switched my prediction, and no matter what, I have the exact same score as you. That's the funniest part about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I just have a feeling it's going to be that kind of game. It's going to be that dog fight, that muck it up, that the only question in my head is whether or not the Jaguars are going to be able to run the ball. If the Jaguars get 100-plus yards with Travis Etienne on, that, on the ground, the Jaguars will win 27-24. to 24. If they can't run the ball, they're going to lose 27-24. to 24. But that's honestly exactly how I feel about this game. If they find a way to muck it up, and I, and I believe they will. I believe this defense is the first – it's the best defense you've faced this season. I mean, I say best, and I don't – that's not even a stretch of the imagination. Like, for DVOA anyways, the other three defenses you guys faced were – Mm. <laughs> I'm trying not to curse on your podcast, but yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're 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 not good. I um, mean, we faced the Jets. We faced the Jets in Week One, that Monday Night Football. I mean, we even, faced the Jets. Hey, hey, even we, the hey, Jets, hey, the hey, Jets are nineteenth in DVOA. They're just below average. Like that's not yeah. even. Tra- <laughs> hey, Travis, yeah. I have to say this: we have June in our group chat. He's a Jeff fan. I can hear him already when he heard that that comment. So just want to give a shout. Hey, man, I'm not. You, hey, you I don't speak. I don't speak for myself. I sp- I just tell you what the analytics say. DVOA sure. says y'all below average. I'm just the guy who's just telling you what it says. But but the Jaguars are again. You're you're, you're now you're looking at a top ten team as far as DVOA is concerned. Hey man, I I, I truly feel that we're going to have a dogfight on our hands, and again that leads itself to in the Jaguars' favor. So who gets the ball last? Kind of what kind of what does that heart attack look like? I'm going to go 27-24 Buffalo, and if I'm being real about it, I don't feel good about that at all because I, I, this can easily be 27-24 Jaguars. Uh, see, you see where we are. You see this. You see the comment. Uh, hmm. We got June in the chat. He's so he's so obsessed with the Buffalo Bills that he can't even. He doesn't even know who we're playing on Sunday. He has no idea. I told him. I told him he needs to start paying attention, Amen. To, to to football on Saturdays. Let the, let let that man cope. Let, let that man cope. His season's been done for a minute. That's it's what I'm rough. saying. It's been a rough go for them. Listen, uh, the only the only way the Jets the only way the Jets can be contenders is they dress up like one on, on Halloween. That's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I'm I'm going to come at this from a different different standpoint. Uh, Christian Benford has a shoulder issue. Leonard mm-hmm. Floyd is, you know, Leonard Floyd's fine. Damian Harris, neck injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dawson Knox, we talked about, quad issue. Von Miller, we know about him. Uh, Jordan Poyer is uh, practice like, you know, limited practice. Rousseau did not practice. Um, that is, those are, those are a lot of starters. And they're all starters on the defense except for Dawson Knox. Not having Dawson Knox means 12 personnel goes away. That puts us in 11 personnel or spread. 
Um, That's that plays thing. directly into yeah. what the Jags want to see. Uh, so with all of the, those things, and I don't know how this injury report will flesh out over the week, um, but I'm going to go 35-31 Jags. Ooh. I'm going to go 35-31 Jags. Uh, I think that they get – I think that they're going to have some success attacking Dane Jackson. And if Christian Benford plays, you know he's got that shoulder. I don't know if Jordan Poirier is going to be back. This is a different, more, way more physical offense that has speed on the outside, that can get down the field in a hurry, and they cause all sorts of problems in space with guys who can um, – you know, make you miss. And even if they don't make you miss, they will run through you. Like that kid Parker Washington is tough. He's a running back that plays wide receiver. Um, I don't know how much time he get he's gonna play, but oh no, he, he he might not play at all. Okay, okay. Yeah, he, he he has a knee issue, unfortunately. Okay, all right. So he's he's tough, he's very tough. That's fine. We got Jamal Agnew. It's okay, don't worry about it. We got Jamal Agnew, it's okay. And that's another thing, they're great on special teams, they're great on special teams, and we've seen Saran Neal make great plays mm. on special team, and then we've seen him do boneheaded things trying to win the game by himself on mm. special team. So those are some issues that 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 stand out. Uh, Zay Jones coming going up against Buffalo. I know he's going to play. He's on your injury report, limited in practice. He's, he's playing. playing. He's playing. I he's playing. A- Antonio Johnson, young safety. He's probably playing as well. Um, and I, I think Jay Jones is going to give us, his, he's going to give us his best, his best effort. Um, yeah, I, I think the Jags win, win a, win a, a, a shootout on a late touchdown. Um, so you are projecting this to be the highest scoring Jaguars Bills game that we've ever seen. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that nine to six thing is over with. These teams are, <laughs> these teams are too good. They're, 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 these quarterbacks are too good. The, the weapons on the outside are too good. I just think that I think that there's going to be success had against this against both defenses. I think that it's going to be a shootout. And mm. I, I worry that not having potentially not having Rousseau, potentially not having Poyer, and Trey White being out. So you're talking about Dane Jackson possibly starting. <sighs> yeah, man, like this Jags team, they can they can fill it up quick. So, so if I, if not, I, I actually agree with you. I, I Knox being injured was not on my radar, honestly. To keep you know, just again, just keeping it real. And I I don't know how realistic it is that he doesn't play though, because he was limited today. But if he doesn't play, I agree with you that that changes this drastically. Because I, I mean, again, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. You guys are doing some interesting things. Go, going empty sets out of your two tight end sets. And I'm just like, yeah, what? All right. Like you make a defense auto like adjust by having their, you know, three linebackers and every or four linebackers in our case. And all of a sudden you're going empty. All right, cool. Like that's, that's that chess match that you guys are able to do because you have those two tight ends. And if you only have the, the main one, I should say, like, I don't know who your backup tight end or your third tight end would be, but, if you're missing one of those two, that changes the, that changes the math significantly there. Yeah, yeah. Fan, fan favorite, fan favorite, uh, Quentin Morris. <laughs> uh-huh. <He's laughs> fan a, uh, favorite, I got a, that. Yeah, 
Oh, is this, the, is this the guy who's a who's a solid blocker that you were, that we were talking oh about? My God. Yeah. Don't get me started on the Quentin Morris debate <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's what I got, man. And okay. and you know, I, I think that this is I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, it's a shame that it's, it's as early as it is because I think people will miss out on a on a really really good one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I I'm I hate to do it, but I, I got to pick the Jags on this one, and um. You know, so Travis, man, thank you so much for coming through. Uh, we are we, we are past the sixty minute mark. We try to keep it as close as possible, but um, you know, it, take it take you know take a few minutes, man, and tell the people where they can find you and uh, any projects you got going on, or you know, if they want to get more content, where can they go? Yes, sir, man. You guys can find me on all the socials, Travis D Holmes, uh, Facebook. Twitter, uh, X, whatever you want to call it, Twix, whatever. I'm, your mommy named you Twitter. I'm gonna call you Twitter. Like whatever. Uh, you can you can find me on all the socials. Travis D Holmes. Uh, you can find me on Tuesdays on Inside the South Florida Tribune's Inside the Pitskin Podcast. We also have the uh, every Friday at 11 a.m. the Duval Dive Podcast with me and my co-host Kyle, the student of the game Nash. Uh, you can find my writings on BitCatCountry.com. I cover all breaking news. I'm a news correspondent there. For instance, Duan Smoot. A 21 day window was just opened, um, you know, for being removed from the IR. And also, Cam Robinson is coming back this week. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check out bigcatcountry.com for all the Jacksonville Jaguar news. Or maybe you just want to just come and see what the enemy's talking about. Come on, come on, come on, give us a visit. Appreciate you guys having me. I know that, man. Tra- Travis, you were, you, you were great. Thank you so much. Learned a lot about the Jags today, which, you know, and I, I was nervous for the game. Now I'm even more nervous after. After Good. really breaking down the Jags. So, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, and you're always welcome anytime. And, you know, we, we love to have you on. So thank you. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me. All I'm here for is to make all the butt cheeks in Buffalo just be just a little bit more clinched at 930 on Sunday. <laughs> all right, man. We appreciate it. And, and thank you all for coming through. Uh, if you did, if you caught us live, man, we appreciate it. We are here every Wednesday. Uh, what time are we here? What is it? Uh, nine to oh. ten Eastern time. There it is, coast to coast there every Wednesday from nine to ten Eastern Standard Time, six to six to six to seven for you West Coasters, you left Coasters. Um, we appreciate you guys for coming through. Uh, you know, if you like the content, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell, so you make sure that you get a notification every time new content pops up. We have some things coming soon that are a little bit different than this. Um, and uh, yeah, man, like I appreciate you guys coming through and listen, if you hate the show, tell somebody you don't like, and then they can tune in and then we can bore them to death and uh, ruin it <laughs> and ruin the rest of their day. So um, I'm little 2k, my co-host beyond 716. We are joined by Mr. Travis Holmes uh, straight out of straight out of Florida representing the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we are signing off. Thank you, guys. Go Bills. Go Bills. Thank you.